to America's auto enthusiast program. This is Auto World. And now, here's your host, Bob Long. Welcome, everybody. Thank you very much for joining me here for another hour of Auto World. Straight ahead, we've got Dan Watson, the CEO of the Lube Page. So get ready with your questions about engine lubrication. Dan is one of the leading experts in the realm of synthetics and can guide you through any type of lubrication situation. But we're finishing up an interview we started in the first hour of the broadcast. Uh, We were scheduled to have this gentleman a little bit earlier. We connected a little bit later than expected. But uh, Ed uh, Krentz, the uh, chief functional engineer for the Shelby GT500, has been telling us all about this world debut in Detroit. And as you said, this is the largest ever put on the Mustang, the largest brakes ever put on a Mustang, uh, the most powerful engine ever coming out of the factory for the Mustang. Uh, there's certainly so many firsts for this vehicle, and we also have to tell folks about Magnaride, which I think is a big story as well. Yeah, yeah, we were uh, we were finishing up the uh, the aerodynamics discussion. I got a little excited there and started at the front of the vehicle, but I just wanted to finish up quickly on the wings sure. uh, you were asking about on the carbon on the carbon series. Uh, the vehicle is fitted with a uh, uh, exposed carbon fiber wing that we uh, port over directly from the Mustang GT4 race car. Wow! Uh, and that wing. Uh, another first for uh, for Mustangs is that wing is uh, capable of two positions uh, uh, with a uh, with a track angle of attack uh, available to the customer, uh, simple to adjust. Uh, yeah, so we're really excited about the amount of downforce uh, that this vehicle is going to generate, which uh, is enabling some of the uh, track uh, capabilities that we're really proud of. Um, moving into the Magna ride. Um, yeah, so one of the tricks of this vehicle we, we talked about, you know, is it a straight line, is it a track? Um, one of the things that we absolutely didn't want to compromise is the ability to drive it around town. Sure. Uh, and the Magna Ride has is, is always enabled us to do uh, so much from a ride perspective and a handling perspective. Um, we used this initially in the GT350, as everyone is, is well aware, and we've We've brought it into uh, into the GT500 and tuned it specifically for this application and its tires. Um, but uh, those that know this system uh, uh, absolutely won't be disappointed by its capabilities. That's great, Ed. Well, we're going to have to get you on for a, a longer visit because I absolutely love this 2020 Shelby GT500 Mustang. Congratulations out at uh, Barrett-Jackson. Uh, a big uh, charity donation. The first serial number uh, went to a uh, uh, charitable cause and raised in excess of $1 million. Did you happen to catch that, Ed? Yeah, my uh, my counterpart uh, and the chief program engineer, Carl, uh, Carl Whitman, was out there with that vehicle. So uh, that's something we're always trying to accomplish within the Ford Performance team is supporting charities uh, with uh, with auctions such as this. Well, that's fantastic. And, again, we'll make a, a date for you to come back for, for a longer visit. But how long do we have to wait for the Shelby GT500 Mustang? When will it actually be available for order as well as available for delivery? Yeah, it'll be... Uh It'll be available at uh, at the dealers or for order here in the uh, in the summertime. 
Fantastic. Well, Ed, thank you very much, and we really appreciate you sharing your enthusiasm and uh, echoing my sentiments that this was the car of the show and this is the one we were all waiting for. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong about that. I you know, uh, love talking about this car. I love representing my my team that uh, just refused to compromise on it. So uh, any chance that we can talk more, I'd love to do so. All right. Thank you so much. And now we move to our regular expert when it comes to lubrication with more than 20 years of experience. He's a, super, uh, he's a certified lubrication specialist, one of the largest AMSOIL dealers in all of the U.S. of A. And he's also an expert when it comes to uh, other any engines that, that need lubrication, just about anything under the sun, we can throw at the CEO of thelubepage.com, Dan Watson. Dan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Doing great, Bob. I was enjoying your conversation there about that Shelby Mustang GT500. What a car. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine over 700 horsepower coming right from the factory. Uh, who, who, who would believe it? I remember back in the the early 80s they brought the uh, Mustang GT back for model year 1982 and it had 157 horsepower <laughs> and, and that was a big deal and then it moved up to 225 and slowly we've seen it move up over the years and it's now in, in GT form in the 400 range but 700 horsepower that's a whole different ball game yeah that's uh that's like becoming a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually more powerful than the uh, vehicle that they will be uh, representing in NASCAR for uh, for 2020. So uh, that's quite an accomplishment. We want to reach out to all of our listeners and tell you that we are live here and we're available to take your questions at our toll-free number. It's 855-660-4261, 855-660-4261. No matter where you're calling from, we're going to pay for the cost of the call. You can also email us at any time at bob at boblongradio.com, bob at autoworldradio.com, or you can also email Dan directly at Dan Watson at the lube com. And uh, why don't we begin with a question that we had sent in from Jerry in Georgia. And Jerry writes to us saying, I see that some cars have a manual transmission that are calling for automatic transmission fluid. Other Others call for gear lube and some called for synchromesh transmission oil. How can there be much of a difference in the application and which is the right one? That's a, a complicated and good question from Jerry. Well, he brings up a topic because you can't believe how many times when I tell somebody you were just talking about the Mustang. Well, back a number of years, the, the high-performance Mustangs are putting uh, regular ATF in the manual transmission, and it was like, how can you do this, right? I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Well, it does make sense. And to put everybody's fears to rest for a minute, you got to understand the insides of an automatic transmission contain real steel gears, okay? This is not some type of rubber band machine that's just, you know, running bands and stuff. 
there are gears in a system called a sun and planetary gear system. Now, that just means that it's got a central gear and it's got orbiting gears around it, and whichever combination, however you put those together, will change the gear ratios. Now, but those are real gears, and the, and the bearings inside that transmission are real roller bearings, okay, and ball bearings. They're the same that you'd have in a manual transmission. We just got a really cute way of getting those gears rearranged so that we change our gear ratios just like a manual transmission. So it's not to be thought that you can't get protection with automatic transmission fluid. My goodness, we have automatic transmission fluid in in big, heavy city buses and large garbage trucks and even over-the-road semi-trailer trucks that the tractor is, is using an automatic transmission. So, And they're all using some form of this automatic transmission fluid. So to put that to rest to begin with is do not be shocked by the question because the protection will be there. And I'll kind of describe the end of that when we come back from the break, but it's, it's, it's pretty easy to explain. Perfect timing, Dan. We'll take a timeout and then more with Dan Watson from the Lube page. Get on board with those questions. 855-660-4261. Give Mackenzie a call. He's waiting to take your call right now. Giving your radio a broadcasted tune-up. This is Auto World and your host, Bob Long. Don't forget you can email your questions in as well at bob at autoworldradio.com, Dan Watson at thelubepage.com, and um, we had to get texting into the mix here as well, and we'll do that in the next couple of weeks. We're, we were talking about a question from a gentleman in Georgia by the name of Jerry, talking about the different types of fluids for manual transmissions, and just to follow up on our guest in the beginning of the hour, in the previous hour, with the all-new Shelby GT500 Mustang, that actually uses one of the uh, cutting-edge, dual-clutch, automated, uh, automatic transmissions, but it's actually a manual gearbox. So that fits right into how you're explaining it, Dan. Oh, yeah, and by the way, you, you mentioned that, and I would tell the folks out there, if you have a dual-clutch transmission... You got to use a special fluid. Doesn't take regular ATF. Doesn't take synchromesh. It takes DCT or dual clutch transmission fluid. No kidding. Absolutely, it's a different fluid. Just like you got to use a different one for a CVT, a constant variable transmission. So, it's this stuff is specific because as the technology becomes so incredibly uh, sophisticated as it is in this Shelby GT and with that type of transmission that the lubricant people, lubrication world, they have to figure out how to properly lubricate these things because these are different pieces of equipment with different what they call lubrication regimes or requirements. And so, again, this is why I tell people, you know, here week to week on this radio show is that you just need to do due diligence, meaning you need to figure out what you need before you just run and buy it because there are different requirements. And the first place to look is your owner's manual. I guarantee you that if you look in the Ford's owner's manual for that Mustang, it's going to tell you you've got to use a specific product called dual clutch transmission fluid for that transmission. And so as uh, my wife used to tell our kids growing up, don't guess, look it up. Okay. <laughs> and so if you got your car, and believe me, I think, 
if they had an opportunity to listen to you talk to that gentleman, is that this is another piece of just extraordinary technology coming down the pike, and you can't use junk oil to protect your extraordinary technology. And I wouldn't be surprised that that's a 5W50 uh, 100% synthetic engine oil that's required for that car also. So you got to pay attention to this stuff because that technology moves fast and, and you want to be on top of the edge of it and be able to use these things and get long-term uh, pleasurable use without having any type of mechanical malfunctions. And you do that by paying attention to the exact specifications called out by the people who make it and manufacture it. And that's why I tell people all the time, don't vary from what your owner's manual says unless you get a comparable expert to tell you how much you can vary. And so if, if I can get the question you hear, Bob, all the time, can I use 5W30 because it says I got to use 5W20? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. When you ask me in certain vehicles and things, I can sort that out for you. But you, you can't ask the guy at the auto parts store that question. In his defense, he's not supposed to know the answer to that. Okay, that's a question that you need to ask somebody who's certified to answer it and don't just take anybody's opinion because it, uh, the life of your engine and your vehicle depends upon using the right stuff and making sure you're protecting your car. Now, in this case where we're talking about these transmissions, and we're talking about ATF versus synchromesh versus a gear loop, <coughs> excuse me. First of all, Bob, the number one thing that wears out in transmissions manual transmissions or automatic transmissions. Well, automatic would be a toss-up in a couple of things. But in a manual transmission, uh, 95% of all manual transmission failures will be bearing failures. We're not having failures of the gears, the steel gears. We're having failure of the bearings that support the shafts that the gears are part of or ride on. And the thing about a ball bearing, different than a what we call a uh, Babbitt-faced bearing you use on the crankshaft in an engine, which has no roller bearings. It's two uh, faces of a bearing with oil separating them. These ball bearings don't take much oil. They can operate with a very thin film of oil on those rollers or balls and be very well protected. In other words, they don't benefit by having overly thick oil poured all over them. It doesn't benefit them. They're better with a lightweight oil allowing free movement of the rollers or the bearings between the races, the balls or the rollers, and they can be protected by a film of oil about as thin uh, as a playing card out of a deck of cards, and they work real well. But if you put real thick oil in them, sometimes you can't, it will not Renourish the roller bearing fast enough and can leave dry spots because it's too thick. So what they discovered years ago was that in these manual transmissions, you have to stay with very lightweight oil. That's, you don't see these things requiring, you know, uh, 75, 140 uh, gear lube or, uh, you know, 220 gear lube or, or 380 gear lube, any of this kind of stuff because that's not going to work well for those uh, bearings. Same thing in your automatic transmission. Lightweight transmission fluid does a terrific job as performing several functions there. One is to uh, 
provide the bearings with their protection because you've still got rotating moving shafts. And there you've got the other additional difficulty of a, that you have abrasive clutch faces that are bathed in that transmission fluid. If that fluid's too thick or at the wrong consistency, then those those clutch plates start slipping. And boy, that's not anything anybody wants to have happen when they're driving their automatic is they're going to start slipping because they know they're in real trouble mm-hmm. once that transmission is slipping. So in basic, easy answer to the question is stick with the manufacturer's recommendation. And there are many manual transmissions today that take ATF, okay? But be careful because there are some different kinds of ATF. You, you want to have the ATF that's specified by your owner's manual, and it could be a little different than some of the different ones. They have different thicknesses of ATF today. And then also for your synchromesh transmissions, for goodness sakes, make sure you're using synchromesh fluid. Those, those guys have special requirements. And remember, we talked about this before, Bob, about you could have uh, brass synchronizers, and if you use a heavy-duty GL5, it's called gear lube, and you got that transmission hot enough, you could dissolve your uh, bearing, your uh, synchronizers. Wow. So back again, the manufacturer makes that vehicle has some really good recommendations, and that owner's manual should be close to your heart, and you should you should know the kind of lubricants that it calls for. And when you have a little trouble figuring it out, hey, just just go to thelubepage.com or send old Dan a, a lube, you know, Dan Watson at the lube page. Send a question and ask because I answer those questions all the time. And nobody does it better than Dan. We'll take a pit stop and then roar of Auto World. Hi, Jay Leno, and you're listening to Auto World with Bob Long. Watch out, man, how you drive that like that. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're live all across North America on great radio stations like the one you're listening to right now. Or if you're catching us on the Internet, we are live around the world at GCNlive.com. Don't forget at our network website, GCN Live, you can listen to the show in archive form and in podcast form and in on-demand form. We've got uh, our man himself, Mr. Dan Watson, our lubrication specialist, the expert when it comes to all things lubrication. He's here to help you out. He's here to help you with your problems and your questions. So give us a call at 855-660-4261 or shoot us over an email, bob at autoworldradio.com, bob at boblongradio.com, danwatson at thelubepage.com. Got a... uh, Interesting question here from Tim in the great state of Texas. And he writes, can I use regular oil in my inboard, outboard cabin cruiser boat? My neighbor says I have to use marine oil. And I don't understand why, since it's a GM 350 motor, just like the one in my truck. Please settle this argument. And another good question Dan, uh, help this gentleman out in Texas. Here that he says this GM 350 motor, just like the one in my truck, right? Yeah. Well, it's not just like the one in his truck. It's been what would happen to it to be sold as a marine engine 
It's been marinized. Oh my goodness, what does that mean? To marinize or make something a marine engine. Well, the best way to put this in perspective is do you know anybody that gets in their car, puts it in, say, uh, drive two, or if it's a manual transmission, they put it in second gear, <coughs> they turn out onto the road, bring the RPM up to 5,000 RPM, and drive 100 miles. Nobody does that <laughs> with their car. Right. But what do you do with your boat? In the boating world, it's a joke, but it's so true when we say there are two speeds in boating, idle and full throttle. <laughs> That's it. You know, there may be something in between, but nobody stops there. They're always between these two, either idling, if they're fishing, they're trolling at a low RPM, but when they move from spot to spot, it's wide open. So there's a difference in the camshafts, and if people understand what I'm talking about here, it's a little down in the weeds, but it, it needs to be kind of understood is that the camshaft is that part of your engine that opens and closes the intake and exhaust valve so that your engine can actually run, okay? And a camshaft that is designed to maintain proper valve operation at a constant 5,000 RPM has a different geometry than a camshaft that's designed to run on average, say, 22 to 2,500 RPM steady state and only have periods of times when you rev it up to 5,000 RPM. That boat engine is going to go up there, say, to 4,500 to 5,500 RPM, and it's expected to sit there and run and run efficiently without float, what they call floating the valve. So in the old days, we would have talked about when we were, uh, you know, improving our muscle cars when I was a young boy and you had a Camaro or a Mustang or uh you know, a Dodge Hemi, one of these cars and your 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 kid. Is they talk about well you need to put a either a three quarter or a full racing cam in that motor, right? Mm-hmm. What they're talking about is change the camshaft because you're gonna want to run this thing a lot of times at very high RPM. And that's not what it's designed for coming out of the factory. If you've got a tachometer in your car, most people will notice when they're going down the road on the expressway, the vehicle is in overdrive or what would be its fifth gear, (coughs) excuse me, and you look down and you're doing 2,000 to 2,200 RPM, and you're doing 75 miles an hour on the interstate. So there's no expectation of driving this vehicle at high RPM for extended periods of time. So now that being said, would not be a surprise, would it, Bob, that if you're going to change the geometry and run at this high RPM, that you might need a lubricant which is tailored for that type of operation. Over in the automotive side, we'd go find ourselves a racing oil to run at that kind of conditions. So basically, we come back to the marine side, and we go, wow, we better have an oil that's not going to give up protection at constant 5,000 RPM. So a properly formulated marine engine oil, now I say properly formulated because you can buy stuff that's labeled marine and it's nothing different than you'd put in your car because that kind of fraud and stuff goes on all the time. But for a properly formulated true marine engine oil, it will have a very high 
measurement of what is called high temperature, high shear. And it's just a test where they run the oil at 300 degrees and at a high RPM to determine if it can hold any viscosity or have any oil film under those conditions. <laughs> and naturally, since that's what your boat's going to do, you want to have a a very good measure of high temperature, high shear. Same thing for a racing application. So you formulate that oil designed to have very good high RPM protection and characteristics and so forth. And in the old days, not so much now that they've gone to much more fuel-injected marine engines, but in the carburetor days, you also had to be careful, and they had you running 40-weight oils because they were concerned that you could get some fuel contamination uh, in those engines. Uh, and so they're worried about getting a little bit of fuel in there, maybe thinning the oil a little bit, so they made sure they started with a 40 to guarantee you would probably never go below a 30 weight. Today, a lot of these newer boats will come right out of the, the chute requiring a 30 weight, but believe it or not, like Volvo Penta, a 30 weight full synthetic engine oil. That's required in those engines in the, the Volvo Penta. So, Marine oil is specific, and one last thing on marine oil, just so that we'll settle their argument, marine oils have to have additives in them, special chemical additives, to deal with moisture contamination and to prevent rust and corrosion inside the marine engine because when you're sitting right down there on top of the water, you got a lot more uh, humidity and you'll have a lot more condensation in that engine during in, in the in-between times when you're not running it, when it's either in the boathouse up in the sling or it's tied up next to the pier, that engine breathes because it's open to the atmosphere through its intake manifold, and it'll suck that humid air in, and there'll be an awful lot of condensation inside the engine. So you have to have real, true uh, rust-inhibiting capability in your marine engine oils, and it's one of the ratings that should be looked for. So anyway, marine engine oil. For marine applications, automotive oil for automotive applications. And I think that should settle Tim's argument in Texas. Yeah, great job once again. And I, I love that uh, phrase. I never heard it before, marinized. Yeah, marinized. Yeah. Marinized, yeah. Right. Ma- marine would be going into the service marinized. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> well, I'd say there's been some uh, bar fights where some sailors got marinized. I could, you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was around good. some of those as a younger sailor in my day. So anyway, excellent. We got a question here from Brandon who emailed us in from Iowa, listening on KASI. And Brandon is the owner of a, it's a pretty rare car actually, he's the older owner of a um, uh, Volkswagen Phaeton. Uh, this was the very, very expensive Volkswagen. It was available either with a W8 or a W12 engine. Uh, I'll tell you more on the other side. We'll have Dan help him out with oil. This is Auto World, 855-660-4261, 855-660-4261, or Bob at AutoWorldRadio.com. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Mm-hmm. 
Giving your radio a broadcasted tune-up. This is Auto World and your host, Bob Long. Have you heard the story of the hot rod racer? Your question once again from Brandon. That story is true. He's listening on KASI in Ames, Iowa. And uh, he recently just acquired a, uh, a pretty rare vehicle. It's a uh, 2008 Volkswagen Phaeton. And this was uh, an experiment in selling a very expensive Volkswagen. Uh, it didn't work uh, the first time around. It's sibling vehicles. It has a wonderful platform. It's an all-wheel drive platform, and it has either the W12 engine or the 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 W8 engine, and then they're using a lot of the VR6 componentry. This is from the Volkswagen Group, and the sisters uh, to this particular vehicle are some pretty expensive cars. The Bentley Continental uh, GT rides on this same exact architecture as the Volkswagen Phaeton, so uh, you can, if you can find one of these, it's a good investment. He says he's just purchased it. Uh, he says the the owner has been using what Volkswagen had recommended in the owner's manual, but he'd like to take better care of it. He'd like to uh, to keep this car for a long, long time, and would like some advice, Dan, as to what type of engine oil to put in. Such a unique vehicle. Have you ever seen one of these? I don't think I have, Bob. Yeah, it's a big, big honking Volkswagen. And it also shares its platform with not only the Bentley Continental, but also the Audi A8, because they're all owned by the Volkswagen Group. <coughs> they couldn't get people here in North America to, to spend. You know, they were between seventy dollars and $100,000 for Volkswagen. And people who did buy them uh, ended up taking the Volkswagen badges off them. (laughs) And uh, it was the dream of the then uh, head of Volkswagen, Mr. Uh, Ferdinand Peach. He wanted to show that this car was sold all over the world. But here in North America, Volkswagen is synonymous with value, not ultimate luxury. It's an all-wheel drive vehicle with the, either one of those two power plants. But congratulations to Brandon on your, your your find, and what advice would you have for longevity with this vehicle? By the way, it has 70,000 miles on it. Well, uh, I'm going to think that this particular uh, vehicle is going to fall into one of our European auto oils that are made specifically because since you... I know this would not be in my database for Volkswagen, so I am looking right now at the Audi A8 Quattro, and -hmm. it has both the 8-cylinder engine and the 12-cylinder listed here for me to look at. And just as I suspected, we have uh, three different European auto oils that could be used in this particular application. We have a 5W40, uh, and then we have a what's called a 5W40 Classic, which is a high zinc and phosphorus oil. And then there's also a 0W40 Classic high zinc and phosphorus oil. The first one, 540, was what they call a mid-saps or intermediate level of zinc and phosphorus. It has to do more with the exhaust system than the engine. But here again, what we're looking at for this uh, application is that 
the the European vehicles are governed by the ACEA, and that's a French uh, title, but it's really for Automobile Construction uh, European Association, ACEA, and that would, of course, have a French way of saying it, and I didn't do that on purpose, just that's the best English derivation. But they're like we have here in North America, the American Petroleum Institute, API. And this ACEA is the organization that is responsible for coming out with the classifications of oil to be used in these European autos. And this particular uh, vehicle would have a set of those specifications that AMSOIL ends up interpreting and bringing over to make one of our European auto oils to make sure we meet every little specific requirement under that uh, classification. So I would suggest that it is important, especially in these two engines, these are high performance, <laughs> that uh, eight-cylinder, you know, double overhead cam, then you got a six-liter, 12-cylinder engine. These are high performance, and you've got to make sure that you use an oil that meets the European specification. And that's what these uh, synthetic oils from AMSOIL that are labeled as European auto oils, that AMSOIL's done the research to meet those ACEA requirements. And in this case, it's going to be one of those 40-weight oils. Now, that's a 2008 vehicle, and you might know, Bob, I see double overhead cam. I don't know if any of these are turbocharged. Or if they're uh, in their configurations, they're not actually, so they're normally aspirated. Okay, that's good to know because if it was a turbocharged engine, I might move it over to a, another premium oil that we have because we've had some, a lot of folks having trouble with BMWs and they're having turbo problems, and it's because they're running North American rated engine oil, not meeting the Euro specs, and they're having uh, bearing problems in their turbos. So you just got to be careful with this stuff, for goodness sakes. You know how much a BMW turbo costs? It's, out, it's just outrageous. So spend the money. Put the better lubes in. Avoid the problems. Now, there's no turbo on these cars, but you can't tell me you don't build a, a 12-cylinder engine for performance. <laughs> it's, it's not like you built this thing for just, you know, being a taxi cab. You put a, these two engines are high performance and you need to meet them. And in Europe, there's lots of synthetic oil that's used. I mean, it's like, you know, 60% of the, of the, the, the oil sales for their vehicles over there are some type of synthetic. So we're behind the eight ball on that here in North America. And what happens with a lot of these <laughs> very high quality European cars, is they run into a problem over here using standard API-rated uh, North American engine oil because it doesn't meet some of their testing specs that are required in this ACEA ratings. So we're talking here about this this incredible Volkswagen, but this is the truth for all you guys driving European auto cars, automobiles. You, you just have to be careful because that's a, excuse the term, but it's a continent away and they have been, they have five different levels of oil classification in Europe. We have one. We have API SN. That's our rating right now. In Europe, they have what they call 
a, a bunch. They have A1, B1, A3, B3, uh, A3, B4, all these different ratings, and it's not time to go into them or is it even necessary, but it's to let you know out there if you're driving a European auto, your oil is classified and tested and proved differently than North American API-rated engine oil. And it's bad because uh, Mercedes was one of the first companies to come out with the dash light to come on to tell you it's time to change your oil. GM was coming about the same time. But when Mercedes put their computer together, because it doesn't test your oil, it's an algorithm or, or, or an equation that works out over time to tell you how to change your oil. They had so many engines going out. They had a class action suit. And they, they stood behind it. They're a good company. What they determined is that they couldn't go until that light came on with standard North American engine oil. So they came out with a letter to all the Mercedes owners at the time saying, you have to run full synthetic engine oil in North America to use that dash light for change. If not, and you're using standard API-rated engine oil in North America, change your oil every 3,000 miles. You can't go the longer distance that they were using in that computer. So... You know, this is a good question. It brings up a whole area because, again, I hope it comes through, Bob, that we're trying to tell the folks out there it, it's it's not your father's car. It's not your father's engine oil. This is modern technology, modern lubricants. They're very well tailored to meet and protect your piece of equipment. But if you use the wrong stuff, you can't blame the lubricant because you use the wrong stuff. That's so true. Absolutely. A good question, and we thank you so much for uh, telling us, and good luck with your, your Volkswagen. I'd love to. i got to see one of these now. I'm going to have to look one up online and see what they look like. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the problems. Was the, of the three, the siblings, the, the Audi and the, the Bentley, uh, this one was by far the most conservative and uh, really wasn't that great looking. It was a big, big sedan, but it drove beautifully. That I... I do remember. I had one for a week. Well, I can't believe it, Dan, but they're running us out the door here. What's your telephone number? It is 800-370-2986. And Dan Watson at thelewpage.com. Thank you so much, my friend, for another great hour. We'll see you next time, Bob.